and welcome to the Vineyard Northwest podcast. At Vineyard Northwest, we aim to be a culture that welcomes heaven to earth by raising up world-changing kingdom leaders. We hope you enjoy this message by one of our executive pastors, Luke Hazelmeyer, on God's gift of purpose. in joy and when we feel like we have no hope we can walk in hope and for all of us or for most any of any of us in this room who have accepted Jesus and put our faith in him there was that moment where we received that gift of salvation we were on our way to hell we were spiritually dead and then we received that gift of salvation and now we're with God and um, all that stuff is amazing But I think those particular subjects and some others can sometimes make us think that the Christmas story is really about us. It's about us getting joy. It's about us getting hope. It's about us being saved. And then my message this morning, it's about us getting purpose. But the the Christmas story and God's gift of purpose for us is more than just to help us not feel purposeless. It's more than just to give us meaning in our lives. And I could tell you why myself, but I watched this really amazing video recently and I wanna show it to you. So can we roll that video? Isn't that good? Man. So on April 11th of 2010, my life was headed the complete wrong direction in every way. And then the next day, April 12th of 2010, is the day that I came back to the Lord. I had been saved as a kid, but I came back to him and started following him for real then. And when I started following Jesus, I had this book that a friend had given me a couple months earlier who, he was a Christian and he kind of knew that I was going the wrong way. So he gave me this book called The Screwtape Letters. How many of you have read or heard of The Screwtape Letters? Yeah. Fascinating book written by C.S. Lewis, Lewis in the 1940s. And it's basically, 
written from the perspective of this like elder demon, this demon that's experienced in tempting people to this novice demon who's just learning how to tempt people. So really interesting premise. And I read that book and I read that book as I was starting to read the Bible for the first time in my life. And as I was coming back to the Lord and I was just fascinated by the screw tape letters and by what I read and by how C.S. Lewis talked about the world and, and even some of the arguments for God's existence that he snuck into that book. And I felt this immense passion growing in me for helping people get past their intellectual objections to God's existence from reading this book. And that passion also like pushed me to read the Bible more and to press into my relationship with God more. And so I read the screw tape letters and then I read Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis and then I read The Great Divorce and so on and so forth. I read all of these C.S. Lewis books and it was great right off the bat. I just experienced so much passion. But here's what happened. After about nine months, it seemed that my passion for Um, I'm going to use this term apologetics, meaning making a rational case for the existence of God. My passion for apologetics had increased all the way up here, but my passion for just God, apart from apologetics, hadn't increased with it. And as that was happening, I started to ask myself this question that we're going to try to answer today, like, what is my purpose Now that I'm not living that heathen lifestyle I was living before, how do I figure out what my purpose is? And because I was so passionate about apologetics, I just decided, um, 20-year-old Luke, who'd been a Christian for nine months, my purpose is to be a traveling apologist and go around the country and debate atheists in universities. And I believed that. And so I started to work on this like book that was, it was going to be my like encyclopedia to answer any atheistic argument ever. <laughs> and so um, I swear that this like document that I started on my laptop, it was longer than every paper I turned in to any college class I took combined over the four years. Like it was ridiculously long. I spent so much time just writing out arguments and philosophical thoughts on this document. And I invested all of this time and energy and passion into this apologetics thing. But just a couple years later, it wasn't a part of my life anymore. And I look back on that time, and while I don't regret what I experienced as a 20-year-old, I don't regret all that time that I spent pressing into apologetics, I can't help but wonder, man, what if I would have been pressing into Jesus with the ferocity that I was pressing into apologetics? What would have happened in me and in the lives of the people around me if that had been the case? And as I share with you about purpose this morning, what I realize is that I think sometimes we too quickly try to jump or dive into our purpose and don't give God the time that he wants to prepare us for our purpose. And so... Um, this problem that I want to share some solutions to this morning 
is that I think sometimes we underemphasize our like broad purpose, the purpose that Putty was talking about, our kingdom purpose. I think sometimes we underemphasize that, which I'm gonna call that right now our mission. I think we underemphasize our mission and we overemphasize our assignment or like our specific purpose. Mission and assignment, imagine um, that you know, we're at war and we have soldiers who are being deployed into enemy territory and then we have intelligence officers who are gathering intelligence, okay? They have different assignments, right? So the soldiers have specific assignments and then the intel officers, they have specific assignments but they have the same mission overall to win the war. And in the same way, all of us have specific assignments from God that we are called to do that we are, God uniquely made us to do them. Like every single person in here was uniquely created for an assignment, for assignments to do on the earth. But at the same time, we all have this broader purpose as well, which is to advance the kingdom of God, to, to partner with God in the advancement of his kingdom. And I think sometimes that gets underemphasized and the specific thing gets overemphasized. It happens for a number of reasons, but for me, when I was 20 years old, it was just apologetics was more interesting to me than doing the general work of the kingdom. And I think that it distracted me then. And I think there have been, a, there have been several times in my life where those specific assignments have actually distracted me too much from the mission that we have. So um, let's read the passage from, from the Christmas story and continue going, but I wanna pray first. Father, thank you that you've given all of us a purpose and that we're all a part of your purpose. I ask this morning that you would speak to us, you would show us what you're calling us to do in this season, how you're calling us to advance the kingdom, and how you made us to advance the kingdom in a unique way. In Jesus' name, amen. So Luke chapter one, we're gonna read verses 30 through 33. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Let's talk for a second about what the kingdom is. Maybe some of you are familiar with that term. Maybe others of you are like, well, I know it's important because it's all over the Bible, but if I had to put it in one sentence, I don't know if I could. So simply put, the kingdom is the active, increasing rule and reign of God on the earth. The active, increasing. So it's active. God is not a God who is removed from what's happening here on the earth. God is very present in all of our lives and in the lives of many people, not in this, everyone. He's active in everyone's life, trying um, strategically advancing his kingdom. And then it's increasing. His kingdom is spreading across the earth. 
and he's partnering with us to do that. The rule and the reign, the active increasing rule and reign of God on the earth. And so because God is first and foremost about the kingdom on earth, if we ourselves are not kingdom people, if we're not kingdom people and our purpose is not a kingdom purpose, then we are gonna struggle with whatever we do because we're not living in the plan that God has for us. So I wanna talk about six keys to walking in our purpose, to balancing this specific purpose we have, this assignment, but also this broader purpose we have, this mission. And so here's the first Our purpose develops as we seek first the kingdom. Let's read Matthew 6, verse 33, to see where this comes from. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided to you. Seek first his kingdom. You know, sometimes I think we think we're seeking first his kingdom, but we're actually seeking second his kingdom. I think sometimes we believe we're seeking first his kingdom, but we're actually seeking second. It might just be me, but have you ever wanted something really badly in your life? Like maybe you wanted a better job or maybe you wanted um, to be on this, I don't know, this certain team or this cert, be a part of this certain group or have this certain relationship and you really wanted the thing so bad and then you read a verse like that and you're like, oh, well, if I just seek first the kingdom, he says that I'll get that. So I'm gonna seek first the kingdom so I can get that. That's seeking second the kingdom. If I'm seeking, if I'm seeking the kingdom so I can get something, I'm not seeking the kingdom first. It's really this hard thing because this verse is an amazing promise. Like, hey, the stuff that you need, the stuff that you badly desire, you'll get that if you seek first the kingdom. But in order to seek first the kingdom, you have to, let, you have to put those desires and those needs second to the kingdom. And, and oftentimes, I think this is the biggest problem when we are thinking about walking in our purpose. I think when we're, with, when we're feeling like we, there's more for us, when we're not feeling totally content or satisfied in our life, when we're really wishing that we were doing something that was giving us more life, and we really wish we had that purpose, I think sometimes the reason we struggle and we don't see that purpose manifests in our life is because that purpose is actually an idol above the kingdom. We really, if you wanna walk in the purpose that God has given you, you first have to lay it on the altar and say, God, I'm okay living my whole life not getting this for the sake of your kingdom. I'm sorry, I'm not bringing a happy Christmas message this morning. But it really is freeing. It's freeing when you realize, man, I, like, when you realize what God is asking me to do is just to let all this stuff go, is to let this intensity of this passion for this thing go and just to trust him and be about his kingdom first. There's a freedom. There's a pain in that, but there's also a freedom in that. Now, it's really important that we seek first the kingdom for many reasons, but 
there are just a lot of components to our mission and our purpose in Christ. Like your purpose, maybe you're, um, maybe you believe your purpose is to be like a worship leader, let's say, for example. And that's what you want to do. Well, that might be your assignment. That might be your purpose. But if you don't have good character and you, you even let God work on your heart, then your purpose is going to tank. And if you haven't prioritized learning how to connect with God in an intimate way, if your like, perception of him and your, your relationship with him is all cerebral and there's no, there's no actual relational connection, that's going to be a problem. So there's all of these different components. You know, we need to be humble. If you've, if you've got a pride issue, that's going to sabotage your purpose. And so there's all these different components that are actually required for you to live out your specific assignment. You can't just be a worship leader devoid of everything else that's important to allow you to do that. Or maybe you feel like your purpose is to bring the gospel into the business arena. Well, you're going to need humility. You're going to need character. You're going to need all these other things in order to do that. And so um, when we are seeking first the kingdom, what we're doing actually is saying, okay, I'm going to I'm going to work on humility for the sake of my purpose. I'm going to work on childlikeness for the sake of my purpose. I'm going to work on character. I'm going to work on hearing the voice of God, all these different things for the sake of my purpose. And so really, there are a, there are a combination of components to that result in a person living out their purpose. There's a bunch of different things. It's not just about your assignment. And not only that, but each of these components actually influence and affect and, for lack of a better word, season the other components. So let me give you an example. Um, something that my wife Jamie and I love to make from time to time is a beef stew. So we'll take beef broth and put it in a crock pot. Well, actually, we'll use venison, so it's not really, venison stew, um, deer meat. Put carrots and potatoes and all the seasonings and all that stuff into the crock pot. Let it cook for like eight hours. It's just so delicious. Garlic, onion. And, <clears throat> and so all, what, what's interesting about a stew is that you put all these different ingredients together and you cook them all together and then the end result is something delicious. Now, what would happen if I put the broth in the crock pot and then I cooked the onions by themselves and dumped them in and then I cooked the garlic by itself and dumped it in and then I cooked the potatoes by themselves and dumped it in, the carrots by themselves and dumped it in, the mushrooms by themselves and dumped it in, stirred it up and poured myself a bowl. Oh, and then, then the meat, of course, won't forget the, the meat. <clears throat> and then pour myself a bowl of that. Would it taste right? Would it really taste good? Why not? Because it's not just the ingredients being combined that makes an amazing stew. It's the way the ingredients season and influence and affect each other as they're being cooked. Okay? Are you guys with me? <laughs> In the same way, each component of our purpose, let me just name four. Okay, there's more than four, but let me name four. 
your assignment, your character, your humility, and your spirituality, okay? Let's just take those four. Those four are not only needed for you to walk in your purpose, but they actually influence each other. The character work that God does in you actually influences your ability to be a good worship leader. The way that when you grow in spirituality, when you grow in hearing God's voice and being led and moved by the Holy Spirit, that actually affects and influences your ability to spread the gospel in the business arena. And then also, um, if you're, let's go back to worship leader. Let's say your calling is to be a worship leader. What God's gonna teach you in being a worship leader is actually gonna impact your character and it's gonna season and flavor your humility all these things, they come, it's not just about having them. It's not just about saying, well, in 2014, God really showed me character. And then in 2016, God really showed me how to, um, hear, the vo- how to hear his voice. And then it's not just about having those like stakes in the ground. It's about all of those things stewing together. That's how you walk in purpose. That's what is critical for walking in purpose. And so the takeaway from this that I want you to get is that if you really wanna be a worship leader, great, but God might be calling you to really focus on humility right now. God might be calling you to really focus on character right now. God might be really calling you to focus on something else to kind of add it to the stew he's cooking in you, okay? So seek first the kingdom. Secondly, our purpose develops as we press into seeing healing and deliverance. Let's read Matthew 10, seven and eight. And as you go, preach saying, the kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those with leprosy, cast out demons. Freely you received, freely you give. So what's Jesus saying here? He's saying that the evidence of this kingdom message that he's calling his apostles to preach, the evidence is healing, deliverance, the dead being raised, and and miracles. And so if if we are kingdom people, and if our assignment is a kingdom assignment, then it is going to include the supernatural. Because the supernatural is the evidence of the kingdom. It's not the only evidence of the kingdom, but if you think about like a uh, shooting an arrow, the, the supernatural is the tip of the spear of kingdom evidence. It's, it's gonna be a part of everything. Why? Because God's a supernatural God. If God is working through you and he's really working as he wants to, it's going to be supernatural. Even if you feel called, say you feel like you have a gifting for administrative work, there is the tip of the spear of that is gonna be supernatural. And so if we want our purpose to really develop, we have to prioritize this in our lives. We have to be about the kingdom, about seeing the kingdom break through in healing, deliverance, the dead being raised, and miracles. It's kind of what I was talking about with the stew of our purpose. Like if this is missing, there's gonna be something, if, if walking in power is missing from your life, there's gonna be something missing from your assignment, from the individual purpose that God has given you. 
This is why we're not gonna read it, but in 1 Corinthians 4, Paul says, for the kingdom of God is not talk, but power. The kingdom of God is about power. Next one. Our purpose develops as we press in to see healing, or sorry, I just said the other one. <laughs> Next one. Our purpose develops as we learn to let go of old wineskins. Mark 2.22 says this, and no one puts new wine into old wineskins, otherwise the wine will burst the skins, and the wine is lost, and the skins as well. But one puts new wine into fresh wineskins. So new wine is like that fresh passion, that fresh inspiration, that fresh presence that God releases. And um, what Jesus is trying to get at here is, look, I'm gonna release wine to you. You're gonna catch it in that wine skin. You're gonna have that wine for a while. But when time comes for new wine, whether it's a year later or five years later, when time comes for new inspiration and new passion I wanna give you, if you don't abandon the old wine skin and get a new wine skin, you're gonna miss the new wine. And the same way, like when we're walking in our purpose, we have to always be ready to be like, okay, what is God gonna call me to let go of that has become normal to me in walking in this purpose in order to get the new wine that he's releasing. Next one. Our purpose develops as we learn to put the good of our family ahead of our own ambition. Man, this one's so important. Listen to this verse. If you're not convinced, you will be in a second. 1 Timothy 5.8. If anyone does not provide for his relatives and especially for his own family, he has disowned the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Shoo, enough said there. All right, <laughs> next one. Our purpose develops as we learn to be obedient to God when he asks us to do something that feels outside our calling, okay? Let's read Acts 13 for this. The setting is in Antioch and Paul and Barnabas two early missionaries in the church are about to be sent out for the first time. This is what it says. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. I don't have it up here. I wish I, I forgot. But in verse one of chapter 13, it's really interesting. What we read there is that now there were Teachers and prophets in Antioch. And then a bunch of names are listed and Paul and Barnabas's, Paul and Barnabas's name is included, okay? So what we're supposed to believe then is, okay, there's this group of people that Paul and Barnabas are a part of and they're all prophets and teachers. So Bar Paul and Barnabas then are prophets and teachers. Do, for those of you that maybe know someone who has a prophetic gift and maybe know someone who has a teaching gift, I feel like, to think about who would be excited about going on a missionary voyage, prophets and teachers would be like the last people on that list. <laughs> like those are probably not the people you wanna send to go and spread the gospel in a new place. The prophets would probably come in and just call down fire and then the teachers would just argue with people. That's tongue in cheek. But um, that's not usually what you think of when you think of like missionaries, right? And I'm not saying that Paul and Barnabas weren't actually like 
missionaries or apostles or any of that. But I do think that God kind of had them in this one place where he was putting favor on them for prophetic gifting and teaching gifting. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, actually now you're gonna go be a missionary. And I think he does that in our lives a lot where I feel like, oh, I'm really gifted at teaching. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. And then God's like, okay, you're actually gonna do evangelism for a season. Or maybe you're like, man, I feel really gifted in like pastoral ministry and like shepherding people and walking with people and caring for their needs. And then God's like, okay, well now I'm gonna actually have you go and teach. Like God does this a lot where he asks us for a season to take on an assignment that doesn't necessarily feel like it's our purpose or feel like it's what we're called to do. And how we respond in those moments, one, it says a lot about our character, but two, if we submit to it and we do the thing God's asking us to do, even though it doesn't feel like it's what we're called to do, one, we're obeying him and honoring him and he's gonna reward us for that. But two, there's probably something that he's trying to teach us in this like alternate assignment that is gonna be critical for the assignment that he has for us long-term. And if we refuse because it's not our calling, it's not what I'm called to do, then we're gonna be missing out on the thing he wants to teach us. We're gonna be missing out on later kingdom fruit. Last one, Our purpose does not develop when we choose to isolate ourselves from others. Ephesians 4, 15 and 16, but speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, that is Christ, from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the body of causes the growth of the body for building itself up in love you are not called to be isolated from other believers we are not called to just like have our own purpose and kind of do it on our own you know do it on our lonesome like we are called to be around people not just like come to church not just have friends who are christians but to Um, have people that we intentionally gather with for the sake of our own spiritual growth and development. This is just so critical that we have that because I really believe that there are some aspects, there are some things that God wants to teach you to fully walk in your purpose that he he, he could teach you another way, but he won't teach you another way unless you're around people because that's how important it is, because we're a body. We're not called to be body parts that are separated all over the place. We're called to be um, working together, growing together. And so if we're isolated, if we're not spent, if we don't have community, then we're not gonna fully walk in our purpose. So why don't you stand with me? Father, I ask in Jesus' name that you would speak to us right now. And thank you that you already are speaking. You're highlighting something that is important for us in this season. And I really feel like God right now is highlighting, he may have already done it, 
or he's doing it right now, he's highlighting something that's important. So Lord, help us to remember and not forget what you're highlighting right now. Thank you for the kingdom purpose you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen.